be it remote or be it like in an office, like having some regularity and communication, how that is happening between colleagues or or people that work together is always there and always important. And it's also more important to us because we need to establish these things in order to create culture, right? Culture normally creates itself by like people sitting in the same room or having meetings together in person. We don't have that. Like we, I mean, at least not in person, we could probably recreate those, but that's why it's even more important. back again with another episode what's going on guys friday what's up friday 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 and today we are going to be talking about building a productive virtual office building productive remote work teams working with people across across countries across the world the way that we've been running our business since the beginning here. It can seem difficult to do if you're not used to it, if you've never done it before, uh, working remotely, working with with uh, with people that you don't see in person. But there are some practices, some tips, some habits that can make it uh, more productive. It can make it easier for you to manage. So we're going to be going over some of those today. Are you all ready? Absolutely. Yep. Cool. Cool. Well, yeah, you know, the, the cool thing about our perspective on this is that, you know, it's something that we have had as part of the business from the very beginning, um, you know, on the, on our side, you know, we've only worked together remotely, never met you two in person. I don't know how tall you are. I only (laughs) see you, I only see you on video you know, so we don't get a full, um, <laughs> I think you're pretty tall. Like from what I've seen on pictures, you look pretty tall. I actually saw your, saw your Instagram story. So you were, mm. you know, okay. That might give you a little bit. I mean, you can like, you can measure me against things in the background, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, <laughs> reference, there's still the, the conversion, right? Inches to metric system, etc. But yeah, you know, I mean, it's something that we've, we have been working remotely since the beginning, and we've been able, able to make this work pretty effectively, I would say. And uh, one thing that I think has really, you know, been the, the crux, the, the center of how we've made this work is our communication and being able to do that effectively. That's just been so important. I mean, it's important in general, right? Like being able to communicate with your team members, with the people that you work with, obviously, you know, that's going to be part of your success. But I think it's even more critical when it comes to remote work. It's almost like there are different forms of communication and there are slightly different ways of doing it. And um, there are just some nuances there. So um, I think it's been really, really, um, you know, crucial for us to be able to communicate effectively um, in order to get work done on schedule, on time. So, you know, generally there are like three main forms of communication that are happening with remote teams. And that's kind of all online. That's video calls. Like we're, we're on right now as we record this podcast, instant messaging, Slack, text, etc., and email. Those are kind of like the main the main routes, the main channels of communication that you have. So um, you just really want to, what I've found is that's important is that building regularity into each one of these forms of communication is so crucial. Um, Being able to know when things are happening, being able to see that, you know, okay, we've got video calls being scheduled at regular times. We have kind of like office hours on Slack. We know when people are actually going to be available to respond to messages. And we know, generally speaking, how long it's going to take to get a response to email. Like having that regularity is really, really important for those forms of communication. Yeah, I mean, regularity or habits like that. I think it's important, like you said, in every part part of the business, but also in every part like in every business, meaning like be it remote or be it like in an office, like having some regularity and communication, how that is happening between colleagues or 
or people that work together is always there and always important. And it's also more important to us because we need to establish these things in order to create culture, right? Like culture normally creates itself by like people sitting in the same room or having meetings together in person or having lunch together, right? Or breakfast together or having some activities Friday afternoon, like drinks or something like that, right? We don't have that. Like we, I mean, at least not in person, we could probably recreate those but Pizza that's party. why it's even more important, right? Yeah. Right, Pizza party. Yeah. Yeah. We, we did have Somebody listened to party. that episode, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that, that is a good point. I mean, yeah, there are there are more sort of touch points for, generally speaking, for, for you know, brick and mortar businesses, for people that are working in person. Um, you know, they're working together and then they also have like opportunities to meet up and, and do things together. And so, yeah, it, you know, having having ways in which you can do that as a remote team is just as important. Mm-hmm. So, what's your take on on having efficient and productive video call meetings? Yeah, so I think um, in our position right now, like remotely, right? One, well, I mean, one thing that's like true about meetings in general is like if they're not if they're not scheduled properly and if they're not running smoothly they can become so tedious so quickly um, and they can be like this energy and time suck where like you can just feel everyone in the meeting just like slowly dying and like it just keeps dragging on yeah and, and like you're thinking to yourself like why what are we doing here mm-hmm. like what is this and so it's like so it's so crucial uh, to have that not be the case and that happens through proper planning setting up expectations for the meeting setting up an agenda knowing exactly what's going to be taking place so everyone goes in with the mindset of you know here's what we're going to accomplish having the meeting scheduled in advance having everyone you know confirm that they're going to be available for that and then during the meeting taking notes somebody's somebody's the note taker somebody's you know listing out what's happening um you know what's on the you know going through what's on the agenda um taking notes on on what's going to happen taking you know those action item steps writing them down and then reviewing all of that and knowing once you leave the meeting here's what we accomplished and here's what we're going to do as a result of this meeting taking place yeah yeah definitely also another thing you can do which is not only like in the meeting if you actually record the meeting, then you can watch it afterwards. And this gives you an ability to, for example, if you have discussed something, but you don't remember it, uh, instead of pinging your uh, team member about something that was already discussed, you can just go back to the meeting and see exactly what was said. And this way you are not wasting time, you know, repeating yourself um, also, it gives you a proof of discussion if you ever in a situation with a client where it's awkward and you like you're not sure if he is right on what he said or you're not sure uh, on what you said. You can always go back and see and actually, you know, have this proof to the client. Also, if the member, some member, is not in the in the meeting itself. He can watch the recording afterwards and this way you don't have to update him separately. Right. Like one point for that, like one point about recording meetings, because we're doing like, I think we have that auto, like auto option on, like we record basically everything that is put into Zoom or that we have going on in Zoom, which is cool. Um, I think when it comes to, for example, people that have not participated in a meeting and then have the ability to watch the recording, right? On the one hand, that's cool, but I think there might be a problem sometimes where, like, where 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 you don't want somebody to sit through a half an hour meeting or forty five minutes meeting when some of the important information or some of the information is not really ve- relevant for them, right? If they're looking for a specific point in that, so having that's why note taking I think is always super key, right? Like meeting like notes from the meeting, like. If somebody missed a meeting, just take a look first on the meeting or in the notes, right? If they want to have in-depth, like, go through the whole thing and have the time to do that, then the recording is probably the best thing to do there as well. Otherwise, it just, I feel like if the meetings are longer than usual, right? Like, or is it, if it's something longer, then it's tough to sit through the whole through the whole thing and, like, watch the whole thing. 
and maybe that's not even relevant for you right if, if you yeah if you, definitely. Or you don't have the time right like it's just yeah time wise if you if possible. you're just looking for the content then i guess it's like yeah just a waste of time but for example if right. you want to see how a client reacted to a particular thing uh, that sure. was said in the meeting that will impact your decision moving mm-hmm. forward then yeah i'd watch the meeting right and maybe also talk like i would say like always do video calls if possible like always especially if you work remotely especially if you have like your internet business set up or you communicate with people over the internet like there's so much communication lost if you just like do phone or like audio right like voice absolutely like always do like especially for us it just makes it so much more relatable like you just get to know the person better you can see the cues in their face like the expressions and how they react especially also with clients right like especially with clients there absolutely yeah it's a oh man like when you know there's there sometimes when you know people want to I, i don't know if it's out of um you know like insecurity or just like not wanting to put in like the extra effort or they're just you know they like they just don't want to do a video call whether they just want to do audio or even worse like they prefer just communicating via like email or text which you know sometimes that is necessary if it's if it's shorter forms of communication things can get things can happen via text things can happen via email but video call is definitely uh, necessary like you're saying, Marlon, because you have so many, it's just like so much more communication rich, like being able to look at other people, especially when it comes to groups. Like if it's one-on-one, I think, and depending on the circumstances, you can potentially get by via text or email. But like if you have multiple people, three or more, you know, in that group setting, um, it makes so much more sense to have the video call so that you can look at everybody like Daniel was saying about recording the the calls. Um, yeah, we use Zoom and the way we have it set up is yeah, all the calls are recorded. And for Zoom, the way like my my setup, because I only have one screen, I think you guys probably have like dual monitors. I have the call set up and put in one corner and I have it on group view. So like I can see everyone in the in the chat. And then whatever we're looking at, whether it's you know, task management stuff in Asana or whether it's like a document, I have that on the screen as well. So like I can be looking at what we're talking about, like as it's in sort of presentation mode, and I can also see everybody in the call and I can mm-hmm. see how like we're all responding to things. Because like you said, Marlon, it's more than just what somebody says. It's more than just the tone of their voice. It is also, you know, like the expressions that they're making, like the the look on their face, their posture, like all of those things are cues. The whole thing is is communication. And so you've got to take in all of that in, at once to really understand what's happening. And, and that allows you to build your, your team, your sense of camaraderie so much quicker because like you can understand like how people act, like who they are as individuals when you have those touch points. If it's just an audio call, it's a lot more difficult to, to have all of that communication going on. Yeah. And especially important in companies like we run here, like building relationships, right? It just, you don't build relationships from just talking over the phone, right? Or just having audio or something, right? Or texting back and forth, like only to a certain extent for sure, right? But like to have, to create that culture, that company culture, you have to have like video calls. Like it's just necessary, I feel like just makes things so much easier plus like you can communicate so much better like things you can show like just on on the call in the video right it makes i mean you get a you get a better impression of who that person is right who who really who that person really is except just like a picture in slack or a picture in the messaging right right or name yeah the pizza party episode without the video would be interesting <laughs> well <laughs> some people have to listen to the episode as a podcast so they don't really see our, our beautiful yeah, faces here, right and, and the pizza and i right, that's true yeah um maybe we, yeah. we'll switch that up maybe at some point here like putting yeah. some video effort into it um, also coming video. back coming back to the point that you tom mentioned about like you know people just sticking to the email um and also you mentioned that you know you show emotion when you are talking so people when they are not very good negotiators and they're dealing in, with a very nice negotiator 
basically with the video, you're uh, like giving them more to work with. So some people are just sticking to the email because, you know, then you don't uh, necessarily are expressing the emotions and negotiator cannot pick up on those things. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just very restrictive. You know, like I said, there there are situations where text and email can be appropriate. But yeah, like having having the the visual touch point um on a regular basis, you know, having having those video calls happen um from a culture standpoint internally. And also, I mean, especially if you're if you're working remotely with clients that you're like not meeting in person, if you're gonna build rapport with a client, it's not just gonna happen over the phone or via email. Like it, you need to have that video call um touch point. Otherwise, yeah, it's it's you know, so much of that is about building trust. And um if they can't like look at you, it's it's probably the trust probably isn't gonna be there. You're just kind of like, you know, this sort of imaginary person in their mind and it's a lot easier for them to to attribute things to you that maybe aren't entirely accurate um so you have more control you know you you have more control you you have more stimulus coming in right you see more of like what people are communicating to you and you have more control over how you communicate to other people visually as well um so yeah and also builds trust when you're seeing a person right mm. and maybe coming back to the how the meetings actually get started right like you mentioned having an agenda in place before you go into the meeting like how meetings can become so unproductive and too long and that's something we're currently working on as well like to be very transparent like i don't think our meeting process is really perfect like we, yeah, we can we, we can dial it in a little more. Right. Sure. I mean, we, we <laughs> just recently started to actually have, have a dedicated note taker. So like Yeah, well, uh, and we started the timer. The timer the is timer, huge. Huge help as well. Like exactly yeah. setting the amount of time for each topic. But and and that's the thing, right? Having that agenda beforehand. And I think that's also something we can work on and dial in more. Like because to this point we're getting accustomed to like just having we're going through each step. We have kind of the agenda in our heads because it's kind of always kind of the same projects, at least currently. Um, right. But like having something that we might want to mention that is specific to something that is not in the agenda, right? Like just predetermine these certain topics we want to discuss. And for other people out there, like the tool we use for like having that list and all collecting that stuff is, is Asana mostly. That's kind of how we run the business, how we keep track of meetings, how we keep track of tasks. So having that is super helpful as well. Like, or yeah, I mean, starting to do that, it will be even more helpful. And and so far we're trying to aim for like 30 minutes. <laughs> That's maybe for some people already too yeah. much for a meeting, but like considering that we, when we get together, we talk a lot. Like, <laughs> I think it's good to, to have a you set have to time consider how, how much stuff is going on at the right. time. If it's like five well, hours, yeah, also 30 minutes is quite tight. It, yeah. It depends on what the meeting's about. I'd say if mm. it's like our, yeah, our, you know, operations meetings. Yeah, we can we can crank those out in thirty minutes or less. If it's more of like, you know, meeting with the client where we're going over, you know, whether we're workshopping something or we're going over deliverables, you know, those are going to be different amounts of time. But yeah, I mean, the constantly testing that I think is is the important thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to have your meetings be efficient. Like I said, they can they can potentially be such a time and energy drain. That like if you're constantly working to refine it, the timer thing for us has been huge. Where now for our operations meetings, we have a set amount of time for each topic of discussion. And it just makes us so much more efficient in like getting in the points that we need to get in. And usually we have time left. And like by the end of the meeting, we're already, you know, ahead of schedule on on finishing up there. Yeah. Sometimes it's like a rap battle. One word, <laughs> spitting. I, it's a balance yeah. there, right? Like, I think it's also helpful right. for everyone 
it, when you collect that, when you put together the agenda, right, it's also helpful to think about or ask yourself the question, like, is that really necessary to talk about in the meeting? Is it maybe something that can be easily discussed in text with just one person? Because sometimes you get into conversations that are really just between two individuals, right? Maybe that can happen. Right. And then you go back and forth and it actually doesn't, it's not important anymore. The, the point was already discussed and the rest of the discussion is just something that can be easily discussed via text, right in slack and then in, i think this is how it stacks up and the meetings getting too long so having that agenda in place is super super key there yeah so just a quick review of like those tips those practical tips for effective video call meetings okay there are pretty much two roles that need to be filled there's the meeting facilitator that's who's like scheduling the meeting defining the agenda you know inviting everyone making sure everybody shows up and and conducting the meeting, being like, all right, here's what we're talking about. Here's how much time we got to talk about it and making the meeting happen. And then there's the meeting note taker, the meeting scribe, the person that's taking down notes on things, setting up the action items in a task management software, and at the end of the call, reviewing everything that's been discussed. Then there's you know the meeting participants and their various roles in the meeting as well. And yeah, you you know, once you have the meeting scheduled, you want to have the agenda in place in advance so that everyone walks into the meeting knowing exactly what they're talking about and and what they're going to contribute to the meeting. And then you're going to want to have a set amount of time dedicated to each topic that's in the call that's that's a part of the meeting. And you're going to be taking action items of what's going to get done as a result of that meeting. And then you're going to be, review that at the end. And if you do that, meetings won't be a time and energy drain you won't get done with them thinking where did my life go what happened yeah you will be focused you will be motivated you'll be you know excited to get the things done that you talked about in the meeting yeah and the more you do that the better you become at it exactly and you know we're a work in progress we're, we're, we're oh, still working sure. on it and i I do think maybe like, so the review at the end of each meeting, I think that's also important for client meetings. Like that's probably oh, sure. something you you not only want to do between like when you have operational meetings or company meetings, that's also something you want to do with the client, right? Always kind of re reiterating. So this is what we discussed. This is what our next action items look like. Like this, is, those are the next steps. And then you both leave the meeting uh, with the same understanding, right? Because I've... I remember a couple of times where we had meetings with clients, right? And afterwards it was like, okay, what did we discuss again? Like, what were the action items again? Like, and then the next meeting with the client was where things came up that weren't even discussed or we forgot about them, right? So that's key as well. Like having that review at the end and then deciding or saying, this is what we discussed. This is our next next step. And then there is no confusion about like what we're going to do or what will be discussed next time we meet, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And um, I think it's something where, you know, each one of us serves as meeting facilitator or meeting note taker, depending on what the meeting is, you know, mm -hmm. like if, if we are reviewing some UX testing on a project with the client, like Marlon, you're going to be leading that meeting because like that's your, like your domain. You're, you know, you're going to know exactly what we're talking about and kind of leading the charge there, I'd probably be more of the note taker there mm -hmm. and setting up, you know, mm -hmm. action items and things like that. And the clients, you know, the other participant in that. But yeah, that's going to change. But having knowing that in advance and having all those things defined and, you know, just, yeah, having those processes in, in play, that's going to be, that's, what, that's what's going to get you to where you want to be with your video calls for uh, your remote office. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. So we've talked about video calls. Another tool that we use for communication is Slack. You might be familiar with it. Um, it's an instant messaging application for um, for offices, for organizations. Really, I mean, we've we've been using it since the since the beginning, right? For sure, yeah. I think everyone. I mean. At this point, it's like the go-to software for a lot of, like for almost every company that I know of, yeah. like everyone uses it. It's like, it's the yeah, messenger for HDM's every company. first step 
uh, set up Slack. It's like <laughs> tradition, <laughs> right? Want to build a new company? Set up Slack first, so, right? Yep. <laughs> if, if you have multiple people like working for you or like you work with yeah. the team, right? You know, it's funny though because talking with one of our clients, you know, I, I offered to set up a Slack channel that I could invite him and um, his colleague to, and like we could all have communication happening there mm-hmm. in regards to a project. And he was like, "Yeah, I just don't." get slack i don't understand it i don't know why people use it what what's is it why do people use that instead of email um (laughs) and apparently some of his colleagues feel the same way about slack it's like not really relevant or useful um what's what's the purpose of that other than email i mean in some ways it's just kind of like it's instantaneous that's one thing um and that's what they are not (laughs) They're not so instantaneous, right? That is for sure. That's a good point. (laughs) Maybe they associate business communication not with instantaneous messaging, right? Maybe that's more something they associate with like personal use, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, but they don't, maybe they think it's not professional, maybe. I don't know if it's that. Um, I mean, like I text, you know, and he responds about stuff. But I think that's maybe he doesn't see the gap there between like email and text messaging, I mm-hmm. guess, which is funny. Yeah. But that's why you have multiple ways of communication, right? I mean, that especially for clients, like you have to offer them multiple options kind of. Although we say video calls are very important, especially when you like work remotely with clients, but like there should be a way for them to use other other ways as well right like you shouldn't be you shouldn't say i'm not communicating with you other than video chat right i mean you right. could but i mean you don't want to restrict it in a way where, the, where no communication is happening right want to meet yeah. them in the middle it's also like software that they're using for like 10 years or something right. where they have set up all the necessary stuff sometimes people even set up macros for emails and stuff like that, and it's quite hard to move away from that. Yeah. Well, yeah, to me, it's like, it's just, it's definitely easier to send um, short messages and get quick responses from groups of people in Slack than it is to do that via email. Um, so, you know, I think there's all sorts of value in it. Even but, he, uh, yeah, if, let's, if let's he would it. go to Slack, it would be probably messages in form of email, like, hi, Tom, <laughs> I have reviewed your last message. Yeah, Long yeah, form. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what is Slack? What's, what, what is Slack, Tom? What is it? Like, what tell is me, it? how do we use Slack? We use Slack. Um, it's like, it's our day-to-day communication, right? I mean, like we have video calls. Um, you know, several times per week, depending on projects and what we've got going on. Um, but yeah, Slack is kind of like the the bread and butter, I guess you could say, of where, you know, um, we're touching base um, daily and multiple times a day on different projects. Um, and it's all organized via projects through, you know, the channels that you have in Slack. So like you can create channels around projects, around certain subject matter, all sorts of things. Um, it's kind of, you, you even have like the sort of virtual like water cooler aspect of it where we have like a random Slack channel or like, a, you know, fun stuff. Like, you know, we have ones that are like not just about a project or about something with work. It's about, you know, just conversation in general, right? Um, and so, yeah, it is that sort of instantaneous messaging communication aspect that can help us be more organized and also help us build build culture and um and just have a little bit of fun too yeah and it also includes voice chat right on video chat so um i mean maybe we'll look into that in the future like kind of maybe incorporating everything in slack but i don't think they allow right now to record videos or video chats right and you have to pay for having multiple people on a video call or even phone call together and i'm not really sure about the quality of it as well so um currently we use zoom for that but like you can certainly use it as a as a like video call or video conference tool as well um and then talking to your team that way and maybe even to to clients if they're integrated into slack right if they're part of the channel also one thing that uh, that might be considered important even though it might seem minor in slack is that you don't have scene status 
So it removes this additional layer of communication that we have nowadays where, you know, mm. when you accidentally read a message or you open your messaging app, somebody sees that you have seen their message and can find it like a route that you didn't reply or something while you mm. just, you know, you, you don't necessarily need that third layer of communication sometimes seen status. Right. That's like, that's my biggest like in my personal life, I try to like reduce notifications as much as possible, right? Um, and I think it's one of the downsides of Slack that Slack is that instantaneous messaging thing, right? Especially, it's easy to fall into the trap of like having it on all the time, and like it's always always something popping up. Because for everyone else, if you don't set yourself away or not available. Like you're available, like it will pop up on your end if you have the notifications turned on. And depending on the size of your company, there can be a lot of communication happening in all sorts of channels, right? So if you don't take care of how you manage your notifications within Slack, it's it can become like difficult to focus on your work, right? Because it's popping up con continuously on your end. A new message in this channel, a new message there, a new private message here, like... Uh, 50 apps. development channel messages from Autobot. Right, and code. exactly. And then you have the ability to connect certain services to Slack. So you get updates about whoever uploaded a new version in GitHub or a new task was created in Asana or whatever it is, right? A new sale was made. So that's that's one of, one of the points I wanted to talk about about Slack as well is like having, you should look into setting up the notifications and set up, specifically like your your office hours basically you can set those up in slack as well where you can define from when to when you want to receive notifications and from when to when you don't want to receive any notifications right where you're kind of like unavailable um so that's a big that that's a big point from from my side just setting that up as soon as possible and it, it will help you a lot by with focusing on your work right because considering you are on your macbook or you're on your laptop like having that open the whole day and then being a different channels a different company channels even like it's important yeah and that's that is a good point um you know the the downside of of instant messaging is that um it can very quickly become a distraction if it's not managed properly um and so whether it's having specific times where you're on slack and you're and you're you know responding to messages there or like you said you know having the notification set up properly where you know you have things prioritized where whatever your responsibilities are whatever you have to be communicating in a timely manner about you know having those notifications be prioritized over other things um, that is important also setting up you know features where you know <clears throat> setting up for instance like your your status so that you know you know you can be communicating to other people whether you're available or mm -hmm. not right um you know slack shows your team whether they're online whether they're you know asleep whether they're um you know active so that's that's an important aspect of it too but um yeah not getting not getting distracted or overwhelmed by Slack, I think. Yeah, that's really the biggest point with Slack because it 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 is so nice, right? You can instantly write somebody. You maybe have some important thing you want to discuss, and like another message by somebody else becomes your task, right? It's like it's like inbox zero. Like the th same. Uh, you should probably treat it the same way with Slack as well. Like you shouldn't. Like the way you treat your email, and I hope it's productive. Like I hope it's not like you're responding immediately to every email, and hopefully you have like set times where you look into your email, because let's face it, like email can be devastating as well for productivity. Like it's so easy to when you work from somewhere somewhere else to just look in your email quickly or look into your Slack quickly and answer to everyone. You're done with that. You want to get to work. Boom, next notification, and you the, the process continues. Right, it's just endless. Yes. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, there's something else I was gonna say about Slack. Oh yeah, there. So you know what? Uh, something I've been thinking about with Slack. I don't know how you guys feel about this. I'm I'm kind of curious to get your opinion. So like, it's almost something I think about with text messaging too. Like when people when people split up messages into multiple messages, 
that could all be one message. <laughs> it's like, I just got four notifications for really one statement. And I think there's like, there, there's this balance that you're looking for where it's like, okay, you don't want to be sending, you know, like emails more for like long form stuff, I feel like, depending on what the circumstances are, right? So you don't want to just be sending like an essay in one Slack message, right? But you also don't want to be sending like, you know, singular words for <laughs> Slack messages for every single message, right? Um, no, yeah. Unless so, it's very true. urgent, then you type in very <laughs> urgent. Please yeah, read try, this trying message. To, trying to get their attention <laughs> by sending multiple messages, mm. right? So yeah, there's a balance there. Right. I, it's funny because a friend of mine told me that she, so she works in a company. They all are in the office. They're sitting next to each other and they use Slack for communication. They use a project management software as well. And she talked to me about having difficulties communicating around design decisions, design directions and how to manage other people and like how to best communicate with them. And the only the only thing she always mentioned was like, yeah, we talk about Slack. Or we talk in Slack. We talk via Slack, we're going back and forth, talking about tasks and design and everything. But they don't understand what I'm talking about. And I asked her, like, is that the only way you communicate? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, you're sitting in the same office. Like, how, how, why can't you just, like, close your laptop, go over to that person, sit next to that person, and discuss directly on their on their screen about certain design elements certain design decisions you you need to make or want to make and do it that way right like so it showed me that slack it makes it so convenient even for offices or companies working like in the same space like just oh yeah just shoot them a message like and then it's done it's basically not my problem anymore right it's a, like i did everything i needed to do and then it's their their problem now to respond to me and whenever something that isn't getting done that i put into slack it's not my problem right it's like uh, the ball is in their park basically right like they have to now respond to that. And if they don't do it, I can always say, hey, I wrote you on Slack. I mean, I tried to communicate with you, but it's actually quite the opposite, right? You, you're also kind of responsible to, especially in that case, you're sitting in the same room. You can easily go over and say, hey, man, we obviously don't get that stuff done somehow. Like, let's just sit together, have a meeting, quick chat, show me what you've done so far. Like, I can tell you where to go with the next steps. Uh, it was just funny. It was just a funny story and showed like how how lazy we are as humans. Yeah, actually, when I was working in a big office, uh, something like this was happening as well. Like when you go to a developer uh, to talk with him, it was almost considered rude that you're disturbing his uh, workplace. <laughs> the whole uh, and 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 rather than doing that you just text him on slack and he will reply you in his time in his own time hmm. also some people are just you know socially awkward and it's yeah. uh, e easier to you know text like some people are uh, you know for example when i was working there developers would be mumbling when they are speaking to you in person but in text messages like like five messages in a couple of seconds like this this that with smiles <laughs> and stuff <laughs> so it's quite funny. It is. Yeah. It is. It's interesting. I mean, I, you know, I, I think there is a, a middle ground there, right? Like there's, you know, you don't want to just be barging in on people and, and yeah, disturbing their work. But like, if it's something that you think is more effectively communicated in person, well, I mean, obviously we don't have that, but it, more effectively communicated in via video call or, or just, you know, conversation, rather than messaging, then it's like, hey, when do you have time to do that? You know, like that mm. seems to be the the solution there. But um, I guess depending on the culture of the of the office, maybe that's not, um, maybe in your friend's case, that's not something that was really, seen, you know, you, appropriate. You usually schedule a meeting on Slack when you will come. Is this like in 15 minutes or 20 minutes? And then you could discuss but not yeah. like straight, straight going to the person. <laughs> no, no, for sure. I, I, I didn't mean it that way. But I, the issue yeah, yeah, was that they didn't even think about like scheduling an in-person meeting, right? <laughs> it was just like, or in the break, That's right? Doing the break or something or whatever, like just having a chat in person, right? Face to face. So definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And, uh, you know, beyond Slack, you know, uh, it's interesting that, you know, Slack is in this in instantaneous thing, but because you also want to have like, you know, certain barriers that, you know, you don't want to be disturbed. Um, for us, what it has also been important is like having a way of like emergency contact. So if, if, you know, we're trying to get in touch and Slack isn't, you know, it's like during hours where we're not necessarily going to be communicating and instantaneously having like something, you know, via text, um, WhatsApp or, or iMessage or whatever, where like, it's just, you know, you're going to get the notification and you're going to see it. And it's like, Hey, we need to talk about something, you know, like having that has been crucial, um, as well in certain, you know, sort of emergency situations where we need to talk immediately that's been an, another sort of instantaneous form of communication that's that's been really helpful for us yeah here i think it's also important like the the person that needs to communicate something it, like it's not for casual communication right like you just mentioned it's emergencies only and like whenever something is burning right whenever there's a fire in the business or, or something really really important is happening right um mm -hmm. yeah and one thing about Slack, I mean, you also share a lot of files via Slack, right? That's a that's a big chunk as well. All the, it's very helpful to do that via Slack because it's fast, it's immediate. You also get a notification there. You always have access to the files. Um, but I feel like it might be restrictive to for file sharing when it comes to deliverables, right? Or things that shouldn't get lost in in the in the chat because. I feel like that's the biggest issue with like using Slack because depending on the size of the team, a lot of important information can just be swallowed up by the chat history, right? It just disappears because you, like you maybe you don't go to, on Slack for a day and then your next day like there's a huge history you have to read through and not all of it is really important for the project, right? Or not all of it is important for you as a, for your position as a as a team member. So It's kind of it's kind of restrictive in that in that sense. It, it's nice because it's in, instantaneous. It's nice that everything is there. You can do everything, but it's also on the contrary, not super nice to like have to sort through everything. Right? I feel like that's the biggest problem Slack has in terms of communication. It's not really focused. It can be like all over the place, and then you need something specific. Yeah, you can search for keywords and stuff, but it's still very much like a chat, right? Like you, you don't control, like it's not structured. Uh, it's, or you can structure it only to a certain degree, right? Right, mm. definitely. Yeah, it's like, it's not a place for, it's not a place for like organizing things, um, organizing individual details. Like it's a way that you can, it's a way that you can organize conversations, right? but like documentation of things or yeah, like sharing of files, anything like that. That's just sort of like a transfer that's needed at a time, you know, or, or dropping a link to something, you know, that's just because it's, it's, it's not the place to store things in perpetuity. Um, you know, whether it's a document or, or a link or, or wherever, even though they do exist, then you've just got to go through and like search through channels and right. it becomes messy. Very exactly. Quickly. Yeah. <clears throat> and speaking of that, Speaking of organization, that's that's another crucial piece to setting up a productive virtual office. Having the organization, um, having the systemiz systematization um, focus from the get. Um, you know, something we've talked about before, where you know, a virtual office um, is is a an abstract concept. Like it doesn't really exist. It's a It's this sort of idea, you know, it's like, it's a combination of, of relationships, right? It's like the, the office exists insofar as like we are getting things done in the way that we expect to get them done. And so a lot of that is dependent upon having things be put into place, having things Uh, being scheduled properly and organized properly, um, because you don't have you don't have as many um, in-person tangible touch points. Um, you don't have the actual office to go to to uh, meet with your entire team and organize things. So um, the 
systems-based approach to getting things done allows you to to have steps in place that you know create the you know take take this virtual office concept from the abstract to the actual more tangible realm and and the documentation of those systems um, the organization of projects of tasks all of that is going to be really important um, in, in order to be productive and be effective as a virtual team and we talked about it a little bit already like it's mostly the project management software we use for for organizing the company right having systems creating systems meaning we use asana for that and it can be anything right uh, trello is also very f- popular amongst people amongst companies in our case we, we use asana and we mainly use that for creating these systems and creating projects right or managing softwares uh, projects and um i think there is a part of communication in there right because you communicate around certain projects around certain tasks that's more internally you you communicate diff- different different de- deliverables as well there for clients um we certainly are still learning how to best use it right but uh i think for us it's like the main tool we use for 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 that yeah and what did your friend use that you mentioned for the I don't know. management software it was a, it was a different software like I, I i don't i haven't heard i have heard of the name but now I, I don't i don't quite remember the name but it was not trello it was not asana it was Jira? something else maybe okay. maybe basecamp basecamp yeah basecamp. one of these two and even then like that's the thing like i think having a tool like that you have to get a lot of buy-in from other people as well. Like if you're the only person that uses it, like it doesn't help the company. Like clients need to use it if you want to have the locals there and all that stuff. Certainly other colleagues need to use it as well. And especially if you work remotely, right? Like that needs to kind of be the proper thing to use. And in the case of my friend, like when I asked her, okay, cool, you have this whole project management software. Like she was also mentioning how only the design team is using that. Like, Uh, i was like okay cool like uh, and what about like sales marketing like then no they don't use that so it's just the team here like the the four or five people of us that use kind of a management software so it has to kind of come i feel from from the top of the company as well it's not something that just um yeah go ahead you guys you as a team you can use the project project management software because every project or every team needs to manage it like they need to manage their workflow they need to manage the roadmap they need to manage everything and if it's just one like one team like how do they communicate with other teams how they can make dependencies of certain tasks that are like based on other things and different teams right definitely definitely yeah i mean this is all um, a, gr- a great book on this type of uh topic is work the system by sam carpenter um it talks he he documents his um, process of taking a business that he ran a call center business that was just a massive headache constant fires constantly you know working crazy long hours to get things done and doing everything himself um and just not having you know a team that he could rely on um and at some point he just had this sort of epiphany where he recognized that like there is a set of steps to accomplish every task in his business and when he when he thought about that he was like you know almost none of it is documented none of it is like written down where someone else could you know take a look at this And so, like what you're saying, Marlon, it, it you know it, it starts from the top down of you know taking the approach that there there is a sort of decision making web for practically everything that happens in business, and so having that process, it not it it's not going to be perfectly defined up front, but having it written down about how things get done, how you schedule meetings, you know, how how projects, um, you know, how you start projects, how, how you onboard a client, um, you know, how you record a podcast episode, you know, all of these things, having those steps put, um, you know, into documents 
and refining those, you know, and, and updating them as they need to be, um, that allows you to have more business, uh, you know, it allows you to have like more autonomy, I guess you could say, where, you know, somebody could, ide ideally, you get to the point where these systems, these documents allow somebody else to come in and complete those tasks in your uh, place. And that's the, the level of organization and systematization that uh, allows you to have a, a productive uh, virtual team, a, a productive remote remote team in virtual office. Yeah, he's calling them SOPs, right? And the book, yep. System Operating Procedures, something like standard, that. Standard, standard operating okay, procedures. standard mm -hmm. operating procedures. Yeah, it's true. And you can manage, I mean, we manage them in Asana, right? We probably have a mix of Asana and Google Docs where we put down tasks or certain procedures in place and then detail, like we describe them in detail, step-by-step, step, how these have to be executed. And I feel these are very important for us because virtual offices look different wherever you go, right? Every company has a different process in place. Like some people use Slack in a specific way. Some other companies use Asana, others use Trello, right? And every tool they use uh, that ha has different options, different settings, different approaches the company has set into stone right so documenting everything how you as a company operate especially a company that is run online is important for everyone to kind of get on the same page like whenever you have somebody new coming into the company it's like there you go we have a we have an sop in place for onboarding please read this like it just introduces you to through how the company is run right how we run meetings how we do this how we do that like having it for development having it for design for marketing for sale like you can write it about anything you want totally and yeah. the more the more the more complexity your business has like as it grows the less your the less brain power the less energy you're going to want to dedicate to everything really like the less the smaller the piece of that brain energy and time pie that you have to devote to any given task as your business becomes bigger and as it becomes more complex and as there are more tasks that have to get done. And so having them written down, having them in place allows you to just follow steps. You're not thinking about it anymore. You're not like having to rely on memory, having to rely on skill as much to accomplish it. And that makes you so much more effective because then you can then you can focus on where exactly I need to put my time and energy and skill uh, most appropriately. Where where can I, you know, um devote that um to, you know, a specialized part of the business. Mm. You think there's a difference between systemizing in a remote company or internet run company compared to like a normal office company i don't know i don't know it's it's tough to say i don't have any experience in like a normal company but i'd say it's probably it's almost more important it's it's less you're less likely like i'd say it's easier for my hunch is that it's easier for like a, a standard office like a standard organization that you know has uh you know, a location, I guess you could say that location-based <laughs> organization. Um, they, it's easier for them to get by without the proper systems in place because there's probably one dude who's like the CEO or like, you know, is the guy that can get everything done for the company, right? And like they can get by with that. But it's much less likely for you to be able to do that in a remote business. Like you're much right. more... There's much more interdependence on everyone that's involved in that. And so if you don't have the systems in place that sort of connect everyone, then you're probably, it's probably not going to work out. Mm, true. Yeah, I guess we can move to the point of uh, the importance of creating a company calendar where all the events and, you know, meetings uh, are placed. Um, and it's also um, very important to, just when you're scheduling meetings to invite all the participants in as soon as possible so they could plan their day you know, ahead of schedule uh, and make sure that on their time zone, uh, you know, the meeting is like 
you know, they can view it on their time zone and, you know, plan for it. Yeah, definitely. Calendars, company calendars. I mean, you know, having everything, it's been interesting. We've got our, you know, our company calendar where we have like all events scheduled and then we've each got our personal calendars and um, just seeing, you know, like I put all the events that I'm going to where I'm going to be during the day on the company calendar. I don't know if you guys really take note of that or see yeah, that at every all. Day. Like I've got, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, I try and pack that, pack that calendar up. It's also like a, like part of that's culture too, right? It's like there is, I've talked about it a little bit before in the past. I mean, I think there's, there is a certain level where like, putting in work and 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 having a visual of that so like other people can see it um is helpful and to the extent you can do that on like a company calendar um i think can be motivating like not to the point where like you don't want to be promoting like this sort of like busybody mentality i really don't like that it's something i picked up on in school and notice it in company culture too of just people being like oh man i'm like so busy like and having this sort of like sense of pride and being busy as if that's like a good thing um i don't think that's like you want it like it's not about being busy it's about being like effective and productive and like using the most of your time you know like getting mm -hmm. the most out of it um but yeah my point is just that you know with a company calendar you can be displaying to your team exactly everything that's going on, you know, in relation to your um, responsibilities in the business. And I think that can be motivating in some ways. Definitely. Yeah, it helps also communicating some, everything. Some people pick up this bad, bad habit of uh, like looking at their day in the calendar and seeing that it's packed with all kinds of events and then thinking that they are very productive with that. And when the calendar is empty, then, you know, they have to fill it up with busy work. So you really have to, you know, be aware of uh, spending your time productively rather than doing work that that does not have a clear goal and result. Mm -hmm. Plus connecting it with Asana is pretty cool as well. Like if you use a project management software, all of them should probably con like support connecting it to a calendar or s of some sort, right? And you can put in these events in a calendar as well. Like, so when you create tasks, they're already displayed in the company calendar or may, may be deadlines, right? Important project deadlines or meetings you have, right? Um, that's a big, big help there. And I think a couple of tips as well is kind of like how you name events in the calendar and rem setting reminders. I think what we need to figure out is reminders because... So sometimes I get reminders for events and that's cool that we have a company calendar, but like they're popping up on my end and I, I have to manually turn off reminders for all of them that I don't want to remind us for, right? Like if you're on a coffee meeting or something, right? With a certain client or something, it's not necessarily something I want to be reminded of like 15 minutes or an hour before, because it's just like, yeah, I can just look into the calendar if I want to. So I think just figuring that out at, at least cross calendar oh, you're apps getting, right you're, you're getting reminders for the company calendar yeah everything basically i have to manually go inside and just say oh i don't want reminders for the this event or that event uh, maybe it's something because i'm using like the the apple calendar uh, app right and maybe i have to go into the google calendar and turn that off i haven't looked into it yet but like just from the basic understanding i think so far i either like, i cannot really turn the notifications off for that or like it's uh, not not calendar specific maybe i have to look into that I think, again i think you can in google calendar yeah when i go into google calendar yeah, i don't use that i use mainly the apple calendar app so mm. uh, maybe i have to go into that one yeah uh, but another point is i think like naming events like what you don't want to have happen is like events popping up in a company calendar that doesn't say anything about who is involved, like what is it about, um, kind of like you don't understand what's going on there or who is it by, right? So naming them project-specific or person-specific is, I think, really helpful as well. Um, and don't just have events in there like meeting or or coffee meeting or or I don't know, like these kinds of things, right? You don't know who who has a meeting with who here, like what's happening. 
um, because you, it's not only to keep track of things, it's also to communicate to other people in the company what's happening in the company overall, right, uh, with specific events. Definitely. Well, uh, we talked about all sorts of stuff on this. We, we got into all the forms of communication, how communication can be so important. Video calls, man, looking at, looking at your remote team, it's important. Organizing, systematizing the virtual office, how you can do that, creating standard operating procedures. Any final thoughts on this, guys? Anything you want to get in here? Last chance. Yeah. There will probably be a part two of this. Oh, for sure. This topic is so huge. I had to run remote remote companies. Yeah, I mean, when you get into, you know, running multiple teams yeah. and having even more projects than we've got, I'm sure there's like another level, another layer to it. Mm. So we'll come back to it for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's it for us on this episode. Thanks everyone for listening. And uh, we'll, we'll be back soon. Mm-hmm.